Welcome to the Inside Scoop, everything you need to know for your student to succeed in the Cobb County School District. I'm David Owen. If you find this podcast helpful or informative, let your friends know that they can find us on all of their podcast providers. Make sure to subscribe, too, so you'll know when the next one comes out. Now, it doesn't happen all that often, but sometimes things happen in schools that cause parents immediate concern. Things like rumors of threats spread across the Internet, the presence of emergency vehicles seen outside a school building, or even a news report of a school lockdown are all things that cause our hearts to skip a beat over concern for our children's well-being. So how can we know what's going on to be assured that our children are being kept safe? Here to discuss this is someone who should know a great deal about that, and that's Cobb's Chief Strategy and Accountability Officer, Mr. John Foresta. John, welcome to the Inside Scoop. David, it's good to be back. Glad to talk about something that's near and dear to all of our hearts, both as uh, educators, but also as parents. I know you're a parent. Exactly. Now, uh, something that that seems to cause parents a a great deal of concern and seems to be, I I think, the most common would be rumors on the Internet, right? Is that an accurate portrayal? Yeah. Any given day in a school system with 100,000, 112,000 students, there's definitely a rumor of a rumor floating out there someplace (laughs) in in any given school. In fact, right now we're taping at 11.15 a.m. I can tell you in more schools than I care to admit, there's somebody who's saying something about something. And it is the hardworking professionals who know exactly what they're doing, our police officers, our administrative staff, principals, assistant principals, who are all sorting out and investigating frankly, uh, literally on a daily basis. And as I just referenced, probably on a hour by hour, if not minute by minute basis, how to keep our kids safe inside of each of our buildings. And that's increasingly complex. So this cannot be, and, and complexity is appreciated. I'm sure this is not an easy situation, regardless of, of what's causing the concern. So when you encounter something like this, let's say, uh, for example, a rumor, what happens? I mean, how does the process work in general? So put yourself in the in the shoes of a, let's start down as a teacher. You've got 20 students, 25 students, 30 students in a classroom, and you might see something, you might hear something that you, you think is concerning. I have to compliment, by the way, our teachers and our students. Mm-hmm. We've got a very aware population of obviously trained staff who know exactly what to do and frankly do it well mm-hmm. um, when they report something that they've seen or heard. But our kids, increasingly, we're seeing through our safe schools alert, which is a student tip line, which allows students to report anything that they see or hear that has become increasingly frequently used over the course of the last year or so since we've rolled that out. Mm-hmm. It's something that's available by text, something that's available by email anonymously for a student to say or report that they've seen something that happens. But when you get that initial report at a local school level, there's a series of events that happen both on the public safety side with our campus police officers and then from a communication side and that's really inside of my world and it's a, it's a bit complex we've got a communications department that is uh, deeply partnered with our local school administration and with our Cobb County school police and interact with other police departments across the county and there's two different priorities from both sides of the house you've got your administration and you've got your police who are trying to figure out exactly what's happened right Hey, we've got an email here we've got a text here we've got a social media post by something somebody someplace And I know as a parent, and I've got two little ones who are in school, you know, that's what you see. You see the social media post. You hear, you know, a friend of a friend who says, hey, have you heard about this thing that's going on? Right. And that's really all you do know. And so it's the hardworking folks on the police side, the administration side who are going from that 
initial report or that initial rumor and are trying to turn it into something more than that and say, is there substance here? Is this true? Is it not? Mm-hmm. On the communication side, there's a little bit of a different priority. And that priority to tell parents as much as is possible as quickly as possible, mm-hmm. as accurately as possible. And if you put all three of those things together, it's always an interesting, and I'll use the word again, complex landscape, social media, everything's happening. Everything's happening really, really fast. Yeah, We can't afford to be wrong. And so if we have to side on one side or another of those three priorities of communicating as much as we can, as fast as we can, as accurately as we can, we're always going to prioritize accuracy more than uh, any of the other two. And and sometimes that puts us at odds with our um, our families and our parents, uh, my wife uh, uh, as one, uh, mm-hmm. who would always like to know more than uh, what is available, um, at least initially. But we have to get it right. And getting it right means we have to be talking to our police officers. It means we have to be talking to our administration. And um, oftentimes it, it, it takes a minute to um, unpack the thing that's happened in a classroom that's been reported by a teacher or by a student and figuring out exactly what's true and exactly what's not. Yeah, because if, if you start putting information out there that uh, later is, is determined to be incorrect, then you've got a, a credibility issue, right? So you, you've got to make sure that everything that's put out there is accurate and um, to the right people. Now, what role does trust play in this whole shebang? Yeah, trust is one of those words that, you know, it's easy to talk about. It's a little bit more difficult sure. to precise, precisely define. I think it's kind of one of those, you know it when you see it. Uh, <laughs> we hope that we are earning the community's trust by being as proactive with our communication as possible. Again, uh-huh. I mentioned there's a, there's a team of really hardworking folks in the communications department who are quite literally on the clock 24 hours a day, aware of and alert for any report of a school emergency or a a rumor, to use that term, Mm -hmm. and are as aggressive as they can be, both on social media, by email, by text, to tell parents as much as they can, as soon as they can. And again, I'll say it as as accurately as they can. Mm -hmm. We hope that by communicating early, often, and accurately, that we will build trust with our community. This is something we talk, frankly, often about, knowing that Again, as a parent, you want to know more and faster uh-huh. than probably what we're going to be able to be able to do. Um, how do we instill that trust inside of a community who, I'll say it, has often said, hey, we as a school district don't communicate enough or don't communicate often enough or don't communicate as much as, as they want to hear. I mean, that's something that's very front of mind for all of us. And there's this constant push and pull. Uh-huh. Hey, we want to communicate more. We want to communicate as much as we can. And we really, really do. And we want the community to understand that. And at the same time, we, again, need to be accurate. So to answer your question, at the end of the day, we believe that don't listen to what we say, watch what we do. And you don't have to trust the words, trust the actions. When you see or when you hear something that's happened inside of your building, inside of your student's building, your child's building, the little person or the little people that you entrust into our care every single day you put on a bus, there's an element of trust. When you put a student on a bus that you're trusting that that student is going to make it to school, they're going to get there safely. That's true. They're going to be fed. They're going to be taught. They're going to be taught well. And they're going to come back to you safe and sound. And you know that because your kid gets on a bus and they get back off the bus at the end of the day. That's and so right. Element of trust. The bottom line. That's right. And so what we're hoping on the communication side is that over the course of days and weeks and months that the community sees a proactive approach to communication and that ultimately just like they trust the kids are going to get on a bus, that they're going to trust that they're going to hear as much as can be communicated, as early as can be communicated, as accurately as can be communicated. 
Okay. It seems to me that you're kind of put in a bit of a quandary because on one side, we are trying, and you mentioned the the eyes and ears of teachers and and staff people being tuned in to what's going on in their classrooms and the hallways, conversations and so forth, and have provided this tip line. It seems like as, as the district enables more feedback and eyes and ears along the way, that that actually could result in more false positives that might cause concern. Is that a, a legitimate yeah. concern? Trade-off? Yeah, it probably falls in the uh, nobody, every, everybody wants the cake. Nobody really cares the ingredients that go into the cake. And in fact, don't even tell me. I don't want to know about the butter. I don't want to know about the sugar. But yeah, we we certainly have our fair share of daily, I'll use your term, false positives. I mean, on a quite literally daily basis, our staff is chasing down what is true and what's not. And that's both on the communication side and that's also on the public safety side. It is not an exaggeration to say that over the course of a school year, we will have quite literally hundreds and I don't have it in front of me, but it would be, it would be a conservative guess to say we've got five to 600 reports of something that have happened someplace Uh, um, that are being investigated actively in which, you know, you break down 180 school days. That means there's a couple, a couple a day. And uh, I can just tell you experientially, that sounds about right. And almost all uh, 99.5 are come and go and they're uh, they're actually not accurate they there's yeah. a report of something they're investigated by police they're investigated by teachers principals assistant principals and um it, it became a game of uh, you know telephone a, a kid said yeah. something to a kid who said something to a kid and in the day and age of social media that's probably less a kid said and it's more a kid posted and then right. another kid posted and then another kid posted yeah it, it's a lot it, it, on a daily basis in terms of hours it's easily four to five hours a day that multiple staff members including again principals and assistant principals who are leading buildings are chasing down what's true and what's not so it's certainly a different place and time a little bit of a different day than when i was in school you might have an interruption because a fire alarm gets, you know, pulled and, and that's the biggest that, disruption. Yeah, to that day. was a big deal. That today, was a big deal. Today, it's the Facebook post. Today, it's yeah. the post on TikTok. It's the post on Snapchat. Well, and we have empowered our kids to be able to start something like this very quickly. I mean, they've all, not all of them, but a lot of them have the smartphone in the pocket and yeah. uh, a simple text home to mama that says, I think I heard something about is enough to you know, really set things up. And, and, and that's right? a good thing. Uh, you know, we want that. We want to hear, we want to know. We, we have staff again, who is trained both at the local level and then through our police department. Uh, this is what we do. And so, and so that's, a, that's a good thing. And, and then on the, on the flip side to that, we just ask as much as is possible from a parent side, trust that the professionals who have been trained, who have hired, this is what they do full time are doing their jobs okay. as much as you would trust that the bus driver is going to show up at, 6.15 in the morning to pick up pick up your little kid. A minute ago, you alluded to say as much as you can say uh, to parents. What, what do you mean by that? What can't you say when it comes to an issue that crops up in a school building? Yeah. I'm going to reference an acronym, FERPA. It's the federal law which dictates uh, student privacy and protects student privacy, frankly. And so while I said earlier we want to communicate as much as we can, as quickly as we can, as accurately as we can, there's an accuracy element uh-huh. to what we can and cannot say. We obviously just want to know what's true and then tell parents. But then also we're, we're bound by federal law in terms of protecting students, not just rights, but also student data. And that student data would include things like discipline record and certainly uh-huh. criminal record. And so when you get 
a communication from Cobb County Schools that says there's an investigation it's been going on that's been going on and uh, we'll hear sometimes we'll get a phone call from somebody who'll say well we want to know more we want to know more specifics why can't you tell us you know yeah. the age of the kid who's involved or right. the charges or the or is he suspended is he or... suspended what's going to happen on the back end those are things that are federally protected student oh, wow. privacy and frankly again I'll say it as a dad I don't want my kids business out there I don't think you do yeah. and and although it's a frustration when something has happened that's disrupted the school day uh-huh. again I'll use that word trust I trust that when I hear the administration has investigated the administration has handled policy is being applied frankly that that's what I need to know I need to know as a parent that it's being handled I as a educator can't tell you David or frankly, anybody else, exactly how that's being handled unless you're the student's parent, right. um, student or the student's parent or legal guardian. And so we talk about FERPA. We talk about it internally a lot. We, you know, this is conversations that we have with our policy people and our attorneys as well. But we want to communicate as much as we can, as quickly as we can, as accurate as we can. And that last word, can is really defined by FERPA. Okay, so let's imagine that, that there is an elementary school playground incident, okay? This kid uh, walks up to my kid on the playground and, I don't know, hits him. Yeah. So I, as the parent, of course, want to make sure my kid's safe. I go to the, the principal at the school mm-hmm. and I say, you know, what's being done about this other kid? That's, that's inappropriate. Yeah, I can put myself in those shoes because I, I had I had one of those incidents with with one of my kids who will remain nameless who uh, <laughs> had a, had a similar incident. And it is look, it's hard. Uh, we keep referencing being parents and also being educators, and right. it is helpful to have both of those perspectives, right? Because you can understand the emotion and the reaction when exactly your child comes home and something's happened. But that's a perfect example of of what we can, or in that case, cannot say as educators. There's an assistant principal or principal on the other end of that phone call, probably yeah. with you, the parent who says, Hey, I want to know what happened here. Give me the details. Tell me who this kid is. You know, give me somebody's phone number. I need to talk to parent or, you know, tell me what you're doing. Um, it's a perfect example of what cannot be shared. Again, I'll keep going back that Mm -hmm. that applies squarely inside of a student's discipline record. So the best thing that I'm going to be told if I'm that parent is, Hey, listen, this is, this is what happened to your child. Mm -hmm. And this is what we as an administration are doing about it. And that's where I, as a parent have to, again, trust the professionals that they're doing their job and they're doing their job as well as possible. It does not mean that the assistant principal, the principal, the district office, the teacher is perfect. Every situation is handled to the best of our staff's ability. They're trained. And I would tell you 99.9% of the time it's handled according to district policy and handled frankly very well. But as a parent, it is difficult at times to trust uh, when I don't have as much detail as I want, and especially sure. when I've, I've got, again, the, the most precious priorities for each of us as parents are our kids. The things that we care most about are things that apply to our kids. The people that we care most about are our children. We Again, we put on that bus every day, and we would ask that as a district that you trust us with those kids as you do. And when it comes to communication, trust that we're telling you as much as we can, as fast as we can, as accurately as we can. Okay, so I, I think I know your answer to this last question I had for you. All right, surprise me. But what can parents do when there is a crisis? Yeah, there's a lot there. And, and um, I can't tell any parent how to parent. I, I mm. can um, tell you what you can expect from us. So let me, I'm going to twist your question a little bit if I can. Sure. I, I think it answers the spirit of it. Um, you can expect from the Cobb County School District and from your principal 
that when there is a situation which impacts the entire school, that mm-hmm. you're going to hear from the principal. The principal is going to be going back and forth with, again, campus police. Maybe it's their assistant principal. Maybe it's the district office to get as many of the facts as quickly as possible. And that principal, if we don't know enough to tell you exactly what's happened, you're going to hear that. You're going to hear that from a principal who's going to say, hey, we're aware that something's happened. We're looking at it and they're going to give as many specifics as are possible, as are legally able to be given. Uh-huh. And once more facts are known and they're accurate, then you're going to hear again from a principal and principal is going to say, hey, listen, we knew something was happening. Here's what happened. Here's what we're doing about it. And you can expect that each and every and frankly, you should expect that each and every time there's an incident which impacts your child's school or impacts your child. The hard part is, again, I as a parent, you as a parent, um, might react just a little bit differently based on what is communicated and what's not. And I think this is uh, where I keep going back to that word trust. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's something we have to earn. It's something that we are being very intentional about and trying to be as proactive as we can, being as aggressive as we can by communicating as much as we can in as many different platforms as we can. We've got folks who spend time on social media platforms and on message boards and on Nextdoor and on TikTok and Snapchat and email and text and going down. We're trying to be as aggressive as we can to tell you as much as we can. And every parent is going to parent a little bit differently, but there should be a common expectation about what you should expect from us. And you should expect that we communicate to you as much as we can, as early as we can, and as accurate as we can. And we hope that over the course of a couple hundred incidents a year, a couple hundred uh, rumors of rumors, uh, that that we earn that trust. You know, you you mentioned rumors, and uh, earlier you mentioned the the phrase, uh, the telephone game, which is one person tells another person something and then whispers that to the next person and you go through a chain of oh I don't know five to ten people and listen to how it comes out the other end I've got a great example of this I want you to either confirm or deny this I guess would be the governmental response there was a school in which uh, someone started a rumor that something was happening that the school had gone on lockdown Mm. and a news outlet in Atlanta, issued a helicopter, which happened to be in the area. This is a hypothetical? No, this is is a a real one. (laughs) No kidding. This is a real one. Uh, They they put their chopper in the air, or maybe it was in the area anyway, and they said, hey, go by this school and see what's going on from a helicopter. So the helicopter arrives, sees children out on the playground and, and on a field. Teachers then look up and they see this helicopter circulating and get concerned and usher the children into the building just out of an abundance of caution. The chopper then sees the children ushered into the building and assumes, oh, they're on lockdown. And so it begins. And so the the school ended up having the school day disrupted. Yeah. Now, is that... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that that it just goes to show you, it's it's not just the people on social media. It's the media themselves, the media Ma- outlets that can fall prey to this. Maintaining right. the hypothetical uh, scenario that you just uh, you just laid out, <laughs> laid out, laid out in front of us. Um, you bring you bring up two interesting points. You know, number one, um, the role, the role of media in, in this. And look, this is not easy space to navigate the world. Right. Just communicates differently um, in 2019 than it did in 2018 or 2008 or 1990. And so media and schools are all trying to determine what's accurate and what's not as quickly as is possible. And and that's increasingly complex. You've typically got somebody who's in a classroom is the very first person to know or very first person to report something that's happened, a student Mm -hmm. or a teacher. And by the time it makes its way, which, you know, it used to be from a classroom 
to the outside world to media was you know a long chain of events and a lot of time and now it's instant quite literally it's literally a tweet and so determining what's accurate for media i think is as much of a challenge as it is for us and that's why i said earlier our highest priority has to be accuracy because media is in a position where they're hearing from anybody and everybody and they have to be the arbiter of what's true and what's not and so they play an important role because they can either amplify and kind of make the noise louder or they can speak directly to their customers and again, report what they know to be accurate. And so we have a ongoing relationship with media that is, uh, again, from my perspective, it's important that our communication folks are being as direct with media as possible. And again, just as accurate as possible. And it's our hope that that chain of the classroom or the student or the teacher to a parent, social media and media would be saying and hearing the same things at the same time. Most, most of the time that is not the case. Right. And all we can do is control what we know to be true, communicating as aggressively as possible. And almost every single time there's an incident or a report of an incident in a school, there's some reporting that is done on the topic that's a little bit different than what we know the facts on the ground to be. And I think that's just a reflection of of the day and age in which we live. Again, it's hard to sort out at the speed of social media what's Mm -hmm. true and what's not. And media, again, has an incentive to be as fast as possible to get the story out there as quickly as they can. It's a tough job, I'm sure. Absolutely. It, It sure is. Is there anything else you want to add? The only other thing I'd say that we haven't had a chance to touch on is just when you're at home, when you're at work, when you're in the car and you're, you're hearing about something that's happening, know that you might not be able to be on campus to know what's right and what's not, mm-hmm. but know that somebody is. And know that those somebodies are people who have dedicated their careers, their lives to determine exactly what's going on and what's not. And right. I would just ask that parents keep that in mind. You've got people who are really care about all 112,000 kids in the school. They want to communicate as much as they can. And my hope would be at the end of the day, again, I said it earlier, that uh, our schools, our principals, our district is able to earn the trust of the public by communicating as much as we can, as fast as we can, as accurately as we can. I like the way you made that so succinct. That's awesome. (laughs) We've been listening to Cobb's Chief Strategy and Accountability Officer, Mr. John Forrest. So, John, thanks for coming by. I really appreciate that. David, it's always a good time. We'll see you soon. Cobb takes the safety of our students and staff as a high priority. In fact, the highest priority. An entire website has been created to inform you of what we do and to provide you with resources just for that very purpose. Just visit www.cobshield.com. I think you'll be impressed with the tremendous investment that your school district has made to keep our folks, not just the, the students, but our staff and everybody safe. If you have a topic or a concern you'd like to share, drop me an email at david.owen at cobk12.org. Thank you for listening to this edition of The Inside Scoop, a podcast produced by the Cobb County School District.